0: And so, if
1: you look at Hosea, uh, we started, we did chapter one to chapter seven last conference, and I'm sure that you do not remember everything. But, but when it comes to Hosea, he, uh, of course, all the other prophets as well, but Hosea particularly expresses. The wrath of God towards syncretism. And so it's for the syncretism that northern Israel is going to be doomed. And Hosea and Amos was about were in the same era, but the difference is is Amos prophesied to Judah, or he no, he was a Judah man who prophesied to North Israel. And so maybe I think through that uh, blessing and shock, Hosea was also came up in northern Israel and as a northern Israelite prophesied. And so at our church, we actually started with Amos before Hosea. And Amos is important because he he is the first amongst the recorded prophets. He is the first amongst the prophets who have recorded their prophecies. And then we went, so we went to Amos and then Hosea, but um, to you, God wanted me to preach out of Hosea.
2: And and
1: Hosea has many important prophecies, but uh, he's important not only because he was first generation, but also... Uh, when it comes to the Israelites, he was the first to express the relationship between Israel and, and God as, as a relationship between a bride and a groom. And so this is really important because this, this prophecy and this relationship goes further to uh, the fullness in, in Revelations. And so what Hosea received He received this heart of God That God wants um, That wants Israel to repent And when Israel repents That he will receive them once again As a pure bride And so that's the important thing to us It's, it's not about It's not about that uh, Just oh um, the blood covers over former sins. No, when we repent, the power of that blood erases all of our sins as it says in Hebrews 11:17 that our sins are erased. We are not just simply being forgiven, but we are being covered over by the righteousness of God. And what is that righteousness? Righteousness is being without sin. And so who is the one who is successful as a Christian? He is the one who ha, who is repenting deeply. And because if we know the power of that blood, we will be able to repent deeply. And so uh, I preached out of John 16 earlier and and What does the Holy Spirit do when He comes within us? He continually convicts us of our sins. He comes to tell us about our sins. And so as we know about our sins, as we know about the limitations of our flesh, then we come to know about righteousness and we come to know about judgment. And So we don't need to understand This power of the blood Through our reason and rationality No, but As it says in Hosea 4 Right as much, the reason why we fall, the reason why we die is because we lack knowledge of God. And so this knowledge of God isn't our understanding, it's not our reason, it's, it's about knowing God, experiencing God. And so how powerful is this blood? It is the blood that can completely cover over us with the righteousness of God and can completely erase our sins. And so we, and so, what is this state? This state is being under God's mercy. And, and what is mercy? Mercy is kind of like the expression of the woman's womb, right? Cradling, cradling life in its infancy. And so, once again, another way that Hosea expressed the relationship between Israel and, and God is that as God's people. And this is now talking about rain. And so in the covenant of Sinai, what did God say to the Israelites? He said that you will be my people and I will be your God. And so now you need to be obedient to my word. And so as long as... and Because they agreed to uh, receive this covenant, they are under God's reign. And so, and so they'll reign. So when it comes to the relationship of a bride, it's it's concerning love. And and then when it comes to relationship of God's people, this is concerning God's reign. And so these two things go hand in hand, God's love and God's reign, right? And in other words, God reigns over us in His love, with His love, right? Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. And so God's reign, God's reign is God's love. And so God reigns over us through His Son and His Son is love right and so once again when it comes to the church the church many church speaks of love even though they do not know what love is but what is rain now what is rain rain this is something that many people cannot uh, reconcile but the thing is is that the kingdom of heaven goes hand in hand with God's reign and so in the church of God God's reign must be there His reign is there And this is where many Many people uh, are Deceived and deluded by the devil Because they con- they Talk about love but they Forget about God's reign And so it's God's reign God's reign is very really important and again uh, The concept of sun is important here Because the sun is what Is the air and because he's the Air God, what we need to understand is that God is not employing us. He's not our employer. He's not making use of us. No, we are his sons. And so we have an inheritance in him. Many people, when they forget about rain, they think of the church as if they are being employed, as if that they are working for a salary. No, we are not working for a salary. We are heirs. And so this kingdom is mine. And so this flow, this, this currency goes, starts from this prophecy, goes to Isaiah, goes through all the prophets, and flows to Revelation. And so, and as you are well aware, in the New Testament quotes Hosea very many times. That's how important this book is. That's how important the prophecy of Hosea is. And so remember uh, whoever is first is really important because whoever is first sets a trend and that first in that context Hosea and Amos is really important. And so anyways Hosea in the big picture chapters 1 through 3 is one section and then and then chapter 4 to 14 is now talking about rain so chapter 1 through 3 is talking about bride love and then chapters 4 to 14 is about rain and God's people and so how important is it is it that that what is catastrophic to God's rain is syncretism it is being mixed and so that's how important it is to get rid of that mixing it's important to be pure And so what you need to understand Is that when we think of mixing We're thinking 50-50 No, the problem is Is that when it's mixed It is completely then wrong It is completely not It isn't 50-50 But it's zero And so that's the thing Like for example We think that we can mix the truth And as long as there's 50% truth It's still somewhat truthful No, if it's mixed Even if it's 50% mixed That truth can no longer be truth For example, if you go to... If you go to Sequoia National Park, there are these great trees. Sequoia. If you go to the Sequoia National Park, there's these big trees that 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 that, that take root so deep that the trees are so high, they are more than two hundred feet high. And, and, and the roots go seventeen kilometers into the ground. And all of these trees have gone through fire. They have been gone through fire. And so... So the reason and so the reason why they're able to grow so tall is because they go through that fire and survive those branches get burnt away and so the so the tree goes up. And so once again, what is this? We need to cut off those branches, cut off those branches that are mixed. And so we need to go through fire. And so we can see two revelations through these large trees is that we need to go through fire and we need to cut off branches. And so great trees, large trees So God wants to establish us as a great tree But because we have all these false truths Instead of being a great tree, we're simply a bonsai why does a, How do you make a bonsai? You tie up the roots You tie up the roots so that it can only take small amounts of nourishment And so that's why a bonsai tree, uh, which is a miniature tree, miniature tree happens But we don't want to be miniature trees. We want to be great trees, amen? And so when it comes to the truth, when it's mixed, that's the problem. If it's mixed, it is no longer from God. And so to the Israelites, the most important thing is, once again, their their feasts, their celebrations. It needs to be pure. When it's not pure, they give these fellow celebrations, they lift up these feasts, they do these sacrifices. But God doesn't receive it. God doesn't receive it. And that's the fearful thing. And that's what's scary is that this is actually describing the church in this present day. They are having worship every Sunday, and yet God is not to be found there. God is not there. Why? Because they are mixed, because they are influenced by the world, and God is not going to be in the midst of a worship that is tainted by the world. So when I first began this church, God said to me this that that the church in these days are what? They are shows. They are shows. God said that that's what Worship is these days They are simply shows They are simply entertainment Why? Because God's not there And yet they close their eyes As if God is there God is not there And yet they they close their eyes Acting as if they are Worshipping God That's why it's a show They're just pretending They're pretending And to these Israelites This this worship This syncretistic worship Is being cursed Is being filled with God's wrath And this doesn't just apply to the northern Israel's 2,700 years ago. No, even now, right in Joel, we see from generation to generation, this sin goes on, passes down from generation to generation. And so even though 2,700 years have passed, the same image of this fallen worship is here, which is, and the cause of that fallen worship is what is syncretism? And so it doesn't matter about how many people are there. It doesn't matter about what kind of orchestra is is playing the music. It doesn't matter what kind of image, what kind of goal, what kind of greatness. No, what matters is the presence of God. And the presence of God is only there when they, when they are not mixed. And so pastors, as you engage in your ministry, from many perspectives, you have to unfold that ministry. But... But ultimately what's important is to set your sights on God. And if you set your sights on God, you will realize that you uh, that God warns you against mixing t- with the world. And really? Why should you... Why do you think at our church we don't allow our children to have cell phones? Are we gangsters? No, it's not because of that. It's because through their cell phones they are losing their hearts to the world. Why do we tell our church members to get rid of their television? Because this television takes their hearts away from God. So I say Don't use cell phones Until Until you're an adult I I say that Because it's a warning It's a warning And so pastors This is something that needs to be clear to you It needs to be firm inside of you That you need to be sanctified Set apart from the world that you need to uh, create this absolute standard with the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be an absolute standard. Don't compromise with the Word. If you compromise saying that, oh, there can be an exception here, there can be an exception there, then that's going to cause doom. That's going to cause death. You need to make the truth the absolute standard. And that's how I met with God. That's how I've lived. And without this, I cannot see God moving. There needs to be this absolute Without this absolute standard Don't think that this compromise will bring happiness No, it will not bring happiness You think compromise would bring happiness But it's not, that's not the case and so look, this isn't my will It's not my theology It's not my thing This is God God is saying that He does not like mixed things That when Israel is mixed, they are cursed Why do you think Israel is still wandering to this day? Even though God is promising to restore them And He restores them And He continually restores them throughout history And yet because they're constantly polluted Because they're constantly tainted They're constantly mixed The Honestly, I don't think that there's there's another city like Tel Aviv that that supports uh, homosexuality as as much. And so I'm disgusted. Look at the how look at how how polluted Israel is. And every time I go fly it to Tel Aviv, I don't understand why. I don't understand why. I'm so disgusted. And so we need to pray powerfully. We need to pray powerfully, especially for this for this peninsula, that in, in South Korea that, that 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 there would never be a legalization of homosexuality. Because whenever you look at history is and look at the churches that are weak in the nation, it's because they allow homosexuality. And so do not allow homosexuality. We need to pray. Why do you think we supported President <laughs> Yoon Sung-yeol even though we don't like him? Why do you think we supported him? Why? Why do you think we prayed for him all night long during the, on election day? It's because of this, for this, so that homosexuality would not be legalized every morning I prayed that any strategy of homosexuality that it would never be it would never pass that it would be broken down at its root that anyone who's trying to legalize or officialize homosexuality that Lord take their life away I even proclaimed it that that they would be cut down. That those who go against the gospel Who go against the truth Who go against Christianity To go get that Lord Break them down I am not for the political right I am not political But it's for the gospel The gospel is what's important And so, and so this syncretism Syncretism is very dangerous And so through this conference Let us see what is polluted in me What is tainted in me Where am I compromising with the truth And how is this Cutting down at the worship in this day and age And so now If you are the church of God When it comes to the essence That's what you need to see And so brothers, pastors Pastors If you keep turning a blind eye to this And what's going to happen Is that You're going to look for other sources To, to bring revival to your church And when the enemy brings revival to that church like so, what I mean by revival is it growing, right? Growing in numbers. The problem is, is that, look, look. Frankly speaking, let's take a let's take a church, one of those mega churches in in Seoul. When God's kingdom comes, how many of them do you think will truly be saved? How many of them truly have a relationship with God? And this isn't my prophecy. It's a prophecy of. It's a prophecy that's been prophesied by many prophets all over the world. And really, look, this is something that's always in my mind Like, as I'm pastoring this this church How many of these church members will be in in glory Will wear that crown Because honestly, there is no reward Separate reward for pastors Except for the reward of those saints That they have brought to God, right? And so this is always on my mind And so, if you see this And you recognize this, human pastors you would not compromise with the world. You would separate the church members from the world. And because it's how many are going to stand in glory. And so ice cream is here.
2: Is this syncretism
1: maybe? Okay, and so syncretism.
0: Okay,
1: when it comes to the ministry. We really need to be separate, separate from the world. This is something that must be absolute. That in these end times, the remnant... Who are the remnant? As it says in Micah 4.7, Those who are lame of foot, those without God cannot live, those without God cannot survive, the outcast, those who do not compromise with the world and who have been kicked out from the world, those who are persecuted by the world. this word will be fulfilled, and that's the season that is upon us. And it is these who will welcome the kingdom of heaven in these end times. Amen. So what is the world? If the world becomes the world, if the, if the church becomes the world, what is the world? The world worships strength, right? And so what are you going to do then? You're going to worship strength, not God. Why does the church need to have many members? Because they want to show strength, right? It doesn't have to anything to do with holiness. It just has to do with numbers. Okay, when the kingdom of heaven comes, what matter? What does it matter if you have lots of money or not? Do you think? Do you think that money is going to be important? these are all evidence that we are influenced by babylon. and so why does god love Zoe ministry of course there are many reasons but but for the past 19 years we've been we've been sending out so much money overseas. And we rarely use that money for ourselves. Even though all the money, the funds that we have raised, we never use it for ourselves. Whenever money comes in, we already send it out, sending out. We can't even send it, use it for ourselves because, because so much of it has already has to go out, right? Look at it, look at this tiny little church and yet we are supporting so many churches all over the world. Okay, and so let's begin. So in chapter 7, as we finish chapter 7, what we saw is the reason why they were influenced by the world. And the problem with that is, and so what it's like, is like, you know, they are a dove that is silly and without sense, you know, a, a, a cake that, that has not been flipped.
0: Remember that, right? And so now in chapter
1: 8, we are seeing the list the list of sins that they have actually done because of the influence of syncretism. And so Amos, Amos continually speaks of judgment, 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 always proclaiming judgment, and then at the very end, he proclaims victory. But gratefully, Hosea uh, goes judgment, re- restoration, judgment, restoration, judgment, restoration. So in that perspective, Hosea is, is, is very refreshing, right? And so let's look at verse 1. From verse 1 to verse 3, it's talking about judgment for them casting away the covenant. And so what is the sin of, sin, of, of being mixed with the world? Is that ultimately what happened is that they cast away the covenant. So look at verse 1. Set the trumpet to your lips. And so earlier, we saw in chapter 7, it's calling Israel to blow the horn. Why? Because they are supposed to be watchmen on on the walls, right? And so whenever the trumpet is blown, what does that mean? It is a sign that the war is upon us, right? That war is upon us. And Israel is supposed to be watchmen. And so in, in that same sense, why in church... It does ephesians four eleven give us the prophets uh, the, 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 the spirit of prophets and apostles is because we are supposed to be watchmen we are supposed to give direction to the people and we need to know where the warfare when warfare is coming we need to know the direction if we lose that direction, then the church will wander the church will wander in chaos and so it 's important to have the spirit of prophet and apostles because the prophet why is prophet so important because the prophets shows direction gives guidance to direction and then so again this trumpet is important and it says and so who is blowing this trumpet who is setting this trumpet to their lips is hosea and so hosea is warning israel as a prophet as a prophet for israel he is warning israel that this this suffering is coming and so be vigilant be vigilant And so he's warning them so set the trumpet to your lips and so pastors Pastors, this is one one of your spiritual uh, tools, right? Is the trumpet, is the horn, because what is the spirit of evangelism? The spirit of evangelism is the spirit of warning, and so in these end times, the prophecies of this end times is what is to know how dangerous the times are, and so you have to be a spirit of warning, warning the warning the nations, warning the nations of what is upon them. And so we need to take the mantle of the prophet as as the church remember the church doesn't simply just fall into circumstances no the church
0: uh,
1: just as living waters is filled with rush right is always rushing in the same way the living church must be rushing it's not simply being um, it's not simply being afflicted no we are we are not reactionary but we are revolutionary that is the church the church needs to needs to be able to see the ages and see what's going on how how urgent are the times that we are that we are on the cusp of the end times and so, so the important thing for this is prophecy. Prophecy. Those who have the wisdom of God, then all of these things, they should be able to see it because all wisdom belongs to God and God un, un, um, Unleashes the prophecies And the, the understanding of those prophecies Through his spirit And so, and so because all the secrets Of suffering and hardship Are already opened You will not be scared right Because you know what's coming You know what's ahead That direction has been given to you So no matter what happens to the church You will not be scared And so if things keep happening That go beyond your, That you do not expect That may be the case but another reason, one thing that you should also check is that are we not being awake, alert? Are we not being sensitive to God? That, that may be the case. Maybe that's the problem is that we always prophesying who will leave rather than prophesying who's going to come. So I'm, I'm very sensitive to pregnancies. Why? Because no one comes in new, but we're always having new being born. So honestly, though, the righteous need to multiply. And so, so when these kids are born, honestly, we have so many kids now that I don't know who is who. It's when they turn two years old that finally their face, I uh, can see their parents' face and I see who they are now. Why do you keep making me talk Getting off topic But anyway so So one like a vulture Is over the house of the Lord And so this vulture Is, 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 is prophesying over Assyria And honestly already Mosea, Moses has already prophesied this In uh, Deuteronomy 신명기 uh, 어디? Okay, 28. Deuteronomy 28,
0: 49. That uh,
1: the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle. And So see already here, this word eagle is, is another bird of prey, a raptor, like a vulture. Right? And so... Look at how accurate God's judgment is As Even already these words of judgment Has already been proclaimed Back in Moses' day And in the same way he's proclaiming One like a vulture is over the house of the Lord And then what does he say? He says that he, this vulture is over the house of the Lord And so what is this house of the Lord represent? It represents the center of Israel Which is what? Which is the altar, right? The altar And this altar it, itself has been corrupted That's what That's the accusation that God is bringing about And so, the source of evil for the generations Is always over the altar of God And what is the altar of God in this day and age? It's the church And so, as long as No matter what nation it may be As long as there is a vigilant church That nation will never fall Look at the time of John Wesley During John Wesley Look at how corrupted England was during that time. England was so debauchery and, and, and so filled with viciousness that England was so was so corrupted, right? They have they have the the. Uh, uh, influence of Viking, right? And so that's why they're so filled with cruelty and, and and stuff like that. And yet and yet why was England so successful during that time? Because there was a living church like John Wesley. That's why that England was never judged. Not not successful, never judged. But in this day and age, uh now it doesn't matter the church the nations will be judged because it's according to God's plan in this and times but ultimately when a living church is there the nation will not fall and so that's how important that church is and so it's important for that church not just for a church to be there but that church to be a living church because when God brings this judgment he's not judging the nation of Israel but he's judging the altar of Israel the temple of Israel so look at how terrifying this is this is how important you are as the church of God Mm. And so look, so this is the reason why he has to judge because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. So the reason for judgment is because covenant, right? Covenant, what is covenant? It's about relationship between Israel and God. What does it say in in Deuteronomy? He says that you are my people and I am your God. And so do you agree to be obedient to take this covenant? Then that's what's going to happen. But they broke that covenant. And when they break that covenant, what does that mean? It means that Israel... Remember, before they went through the exodus, they were slaves, and so they were returning to that slavery. So like it says in Hebrews 12 What is that? It means to us it is cancellation of salvation right? Because you were slaves, you were, you were beggars But then through the invitation of the king you became princes You need to live by that inspiration But rather you are returning to slavery You are returning to the reign of sli- sin You are returning to the dominion of sin This was terrifying is that they have transgressed in the covenant and Because this transgression they are they are outside of the reign of God, and because they are outside of the reign of God, they are now under the dominion of the world. They transgressed His covenant. What does that mean? Ultimately, another word for transgressing that covenant is rebellion. They rebelled against God, and so because they re- because they broke that covenant, they are rebelling against God. Uh, against God. So really, that's the thing. Because they break the covenant, what does that mean? That they are going against the law. And if they're going against the law, what does that mean? They are being rebels. And so remember, because they are Israel They need to be obedient to the law It's not because the law is there that they are obedient But because they are Israel that they are obedient to the law If the spirit of legalism comes into us What happens is that you have to You have to work out your salvation through works That's what legalism is, right? No We do not keep the law because that's what brings us salvation No, we keep the law because we are the children of God Because we are the children of God We have the power and ability to keep the law If we do not keep the law Then what do we need to do? Remember, we are not proving that we are the children of God Through keeping of the law That is legalism we, if you keep trying to prove yourself as a children of God, then you will eventually become exhausted. We are not beings to prove our worth. No, we manifest Jesus Christ, right? We are witnesses to Jesus Christ. And because we are children of God... And so, the important thing is the relationship with God. Relationship with God is important first.
0: 바로, uh, 자, 이제, uh, 거죠, 자, and, and so, 베릿, so uh, 라는,
1: once again 이, uh, So, so,
0: 자른, so 사람들이,
1: uh, 사람이, the, transgress, right? What is transgress is is cutting, is, is cutting down, down, cutting down and so
0: 의미로, uh, uh, 베릿, And so covenant and
1: contract is different, right? If contract, if one side uh, transgresses the contract Then that contract is null It's null But the covenant, if one side cuts Doesn't make it null That is actually the grace of God And that's the reason why uh, Israel is judging Or God is judging Israel Because it is a covenant And because it is a covenant he can't help, he can't help, help but, but break, break them down.
0: 이것 때문에
1: 종기를 Okay, and so uh, when God judges the world, it's because it, it is death, right? But when God judges Israel, it is not death, but it is for God uh, wanting to maintain and guard Israel's holiness. And so in that sense, it is a privilege. And in that sense, it is um, righteousness. And So moving on to verse 2. To me, they cry, my God, we Israel know you and so now before what is being prophesied is that before this judgment they are going to cry to God and so honestly when they when they cry out to God in the midst of suffering that is actually a positive thing right if you are unable to pray in the midst of suffering then that means that you are too far gone but and so we need to be able to pray no matter what right whether they're suffering or not
0: but let us see
1: if this is a good thing or not. And so they transgress the covenant, and they have gone against the. They have rebelled against the law. And in the midst of the suffering, they cry. And let's see if this crying is proper. My God, they say. And so, first of all, they say, My God. And when Israel calls out to God, they usually say this, right? They usually say, My God. And that is just proper. It is right. But right now, they're polluted by the world, and they are transforming God to bow. And yet when they say, my God, what does that mean? They are deluded. Because when they say, my God, they should be saying that I have no right to call upon your name. I have no right to call upon you. This is the proper way for them to repent. But instead of repenting like that, they say, my God, boldly, as if, as if they have the right. And so this is religious fervor. And that is just delusion. They are not truly repenting, but they are praying out of religious fervor. This is image of syncretism. And so it's like this: that if, if whoever is going to give me peace, whoever is going to give me blessing, then that person will be my God. That's the scary thing. So they're, in this state, state, they're saying to God, "My God." And so when we say, my God, what needs to happen is true repentance. And it needs to come out of this true relationship, this right relationship with God, that I want to repent to you, that I want to return to you. And so when you have this righteousness towards God, and you have this inspiration of this righteousness that I can come before God, the joy that that righteousness brings... Then, no matter how much you cry out, my God, it's not going to mean anything. Because without that righteousness, without that joy of that righteousness, God does not meet with you. And so, without that righteousness, when you say, my God, my God, you are just calling upon a name. And so, Israel was not in a state that they could call God, my God. And then, what else does he say? He says, We Israel know you. Well, who is Israel? Right earlier we said that they transgressed the covenant, but now they still think that they have this covenant with God. This isn't faith, but positive thinking. Because I attend the church, I am a child of God. Because I tithe, I'm am, I'm I am a child of God. Because I pray, I'm child of God. No, that is a delusion. That is a mistake. If you do not have that relationship of holiness with God, then you are broken. You are cut off. And so, if you are cut off from the covenant, then you are cut off from God That's the delusion of Israel And so just because you do religious rituals if your, if your identity is based on your works Because I did this, because I go to church, because I did that That's why I'm a child of God? No, that is not the case Even though you attend church, you may be destined for hell And so what is about you maintaining your relationship of with God in holiness being able to say God to God, Abba Father, as it says in Romans 8, that, that by His Spirit we cry out, Abba Father. And this is a declaration, this is a proclamation, that the Holy Spirit dwells within me. And so you should not lose sight of that, that fact. You should not lose, lose that, that joy that God is in you, that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And then, so what uh, else does he say? Uh, that we Israel know you.
0: Uh, uh,
1: what what do they mean God? that they know God? What does it say in Hosea four six? It says that my Israel Israel is doomed because they lack knowledge of God. Right? Look at Israel uh, Hosea four six. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so what is this word knowledge? It comes from the word, the root of the word knowledge comes from the word yada, which means to know, to experience, to meet with God. And so remember, what is faith life is meeting with God. As as we continually meet with God, that's the relationship that, that comes. But because we live... We live by our flesh. We are mixing with the world. We cannot meet with God. So in that state, no matter how much you may cry out to God, my God, my God, they are are not meeting with God. And so it says earlier in Hosea 4, 6 that my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. And yet they are saying, we, Israel, know you. And so look, people, you may think this. You may think that because you're going to the world, you're going to church, and you're receiving the word of God, so you know God. And, and honestly, that's the thing, is, is, is that because you keep listening to sermons, and you keep hearing the word of God, you think you know God, you think you meet with God, you think you're meeting with God, and you think that He is pleased with you, and that, that, that may be a mistake. Religious ritual is not what pleases God. That's what we need to understand. <laughs> Even though you are ministering, God may not be pleased with you. That it can be a possibility. Just because you are a pastor doesn't mean that God is pleased with you. Okay, and as I always say, pastors, do not give your lives for your ministry. You need to bet your life not on your ministry but on God. It's about yada, knowing God, meeting with God If you do not meet with God, you have no relationship with God You have no inspiration of His holiness Your, your ministry itself is not going to please God And so we, in this aspect We need to really live out our faith in humility and in fear and in trembling and so when God entrusts his church to you then this is something that we need to really be humble right because because he is entrusting me something that I am not able to handle and so we need to be humble and always look to God regarding this and so Israel this is the problem is that they thought that their religious actions their religious rituals made them right before God remember your relationship with God is about your identity not about what you've done it's not to do but to be God is not pleased because of certain actions But religious life is always emphasizing your actions And and it's easy for you to fall into that delusion because of your actions And so whether it's a lay member or pastors You know, through your ministry This is something that many times we trip over And so that's why I always say In your pastoral ministry One of the most difficult footfalls and one of the most difficult traps is religiousness and so as because you are spending 24-7 in the church of course the spirit of religion is going to attack you and you need to understand that the spirit of religion is a very dangerous uh very dangerous trap because we think that because of certain actions we think that because of certain things that we might be able to do so that we are
0: right before
2: god
1: And so, but remember that God doesn't love me because of what I do, but God loves me because of who I am. This this uh, this uh, this kingly glory, kingly nobility that God has given me in faith. Right. And so, let's moving on to verse three. Okay. Once again, I'm not telling you not to act. But the act needs to be based on grace, not out of my effort, not because I think I can make something of myself. No, but because God moves, because God gives, because God desires it, that's why I do it. Not because I'm being pleasing God because I did something. If I think that I'm pleasing God because I did something, that is legalism and that is the deception. And this may be really difficult for you to understand because... Two people pray, they're both praying the same way, but one person is praying in legalism and another person is praying in grace. And so, from the outside, it looks like that they are doing the same thing. And actually, maybe the one who's praying in legalism looks more powerful, maybe it looks more, more passionate, and maybe it looks more like they're doing something. But as time goes on and gone, he will come upon his limitation. But the one who is praying in grace, he's not praying out of his own strength, but he's praying through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And this person's prayer, as time goes on Their prayer will get stronger and stronger God's presence will come thicker and thicker And they're they're continually engaging in spiritual warfare Being filled with the new self And as time goes on and on They're going to go deeper and deeper into perfection Deeper into, deeper into fulfillment When it comes to legalism Legalism always is limited And so they cannot see the glory of holiness People, they can pray out of their strength, right? And, and, And I don't know how far they can go But But there will always come the point Where that limitation Where they will hit that wall of limitation So let's move on Verse 3
0: So verse 3 Israel has
1: spurned the good
0: They have spurned the good And so what is good? Goodness is
1: Belongs to God, right? Fundamentally belongs to God and so the word torah comes from the root tov which is good And so, God, when He says He gives us goodness, it means He has given us His word. And when He has given us words, what is the focus of the word? What is the root of that word, as it says in Deuteronomy? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And so, so the focus is love. And so, goodness is Torah, right? Torah is goodness, and that goodness is based on what is based on love. And so, when you have that love... It means you have that relationship That right relationship with God And when you have that right relationship with God What does that mean? That means that you are not doing other things You are only doing that one thing And so remember
0: It's going
1: hand in hand If you are living by the new self It means that you are throwing away the old self If you are living by the old self You are throwing away the new self As I said there is no neutral There is no neutral state It is one or the other and this is this is must be clear and this is actually where many people many people are deluded they think that oh I'm simply just not living in the new self but I'm still saved I'm still a saint no if you are not living by the new self you are living by the old self and then so if you are not receiving God's love that means that you are loving something else if you are not loving God you are loving something else. And so, why do we need to give our lives to receiving grace? Is because if we're not receiving grace, we are being strengthened by something else. If we, And that's why God says that those who do not receive grace, even what they have will be taken from them. This is how sensitive you are. This is how sensi- delicate you are in your, con- in your, in your um, constitution. Because God, when He created man, He created man to be completely dependent upon God, right? As He says, right, that if man lives without God, they are living push, living pushke. What does that mean that they are living pushke? Is that they will live by their thoughts? And so, if they are not without God, they will live by their strength. And that's not how God has been created. That's the purpose of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Is that without me, you cannot survive. And so when it says, Israel spurned the good, what does that mean? That they have turned away from God. And so because they have turned away from God, what does it say? Then the enemy shall pursue them. We are supposed to be following after God. We are supposed to be with God. But because they turn away from that goodness, what happens? The enemy pursues them. And so so the word love is similar to ohemi And the word shall pursue them in Hebrew is ohemi Or no, sorry, the enemy, the word enemy And so the word is very similar in pronunciation And so this is wordplay in Hebrew And I was trying to joke But I guess it's not funny because you're not laughing But please laugh because I'm joking with you Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed. <laughs> and so this is the absolute standard. It is that if you do not follow in truth, you are going away. And so many people, when it comes to spirit, this is actually what's causing so much confusion. is that you think that there's neutral.
2: God's truth Does not compromise Uh? Look at the Bible As I said earlier If you spurn
1: goodness It doesn't just end with Spurning goodness It means that you are Chasing after evil If you throw away The new self You are living in the old self And so When you choose to disobey You are not simply being When you choose not to obey You are not simply Not obeying But you are Rebelling And so, don't compromise with this. Okay? If you if you do not compromise with this, there can be no compromise here. And so, this is the problem with being in, uh, with syncretism, because syncretism cannot accept this. Look at the Bible. The Bible says that this cannot happen, and yet many people think that oh, because other churches say it's okay then it's okay? No, I mean, look at the Bible, right? Look at what the Bible says. So I say to the young adults, you don't go out into the world. Why pastor? If you have this faith that's going to turn away from God, then you should not go into the world. You're not ready to go into the world. That's why. So you need to make absolute the truth. So the problem is, is because, because the church lost the absolute standard of the truth, and they started welcoming in religion, So that's what happened to the truth The truth started compromising What did God say? God says he does not like it mixed God doesn't like mixed things He doesn't like mixed things But the problem was Ever since Constantine's era The church started being mixed And the the truth has been mixed Because they've been compromising So we need to reclaim the truth That's what the church has been doing Have I been preaching spiritual gifts? Have I been preaching deliverance? No, that's not the focus of Zhou Ministry. What is the focus of Zhou Ministry? Why do you think we are training five doctors? It's so that the truth can be truth to the world once again. So that the truth can truly be the absolute standard. For the church to be the church, the truth needs to reclaim its purity.
0: And so this is what
1: we need to do in these end times. As Paul established the truth during the early church, that church has been that truth has been corrupted, and so God has given us this calling to restore that truth. And really, we are weak. We have nothing to. We cannot do this. And yet, and yet, why do we push so hard into the world? It's because God has given us this truth. So we need to reclaim this reclaim this and do not compromise with the truth do not compromise with the truth if the god well, truth says no then it must be no no compromise and if. Like tithing, right? People think that um, make an exception. No, there is no exception. Tithing is, tithing is part of the truth. It's basics, right? Basics. And so, the tr- whatever the truth says, if it says yes, it must be yes. If it says no, it must be no. Why compromise with the word of God? That word of God is not something you should compromise with.
0: 그 여러분의 진리 선포에 대해서 그런 교회 치리 가운데 이런 걸 타협하는 일들이 교회 그 그분이 얘기하는데 암 소스
1: 디스미셔너 프롬 IT
0: 자 심장어를 잡아서 그거를 아이스박스에 넣고 뉴욕 비행기 타고 한국에 보내는 거래요. 그 심장어. 근데 이 심장어를 계산 얘기는 그건 칠장어대 난대갈 세계 여러분들 가운데 있는데
1: Sorry, Sorry, one, one moment. moment. He's talking about eels, eels from IT. That that is one of the, the highest hottest products from from, from IT. But... 이 장원들이. 그렇게 힘이
0: 거야? 그런데 그 IT만은 계속 I 안 빠져. 왜 그러지 모르지만. 그래서 이 시장. 그러니까 내 지금 뭘 말하냐? 바로 이이땅 계속 파고 it. So what
1: I'm trying to say is that If you compromise with your word um, The world will will drill into you It's tenacious
0: And so look How powerful is the blood of,
1: of, of God Is that if you maintain that righteousness The enemy cannot break through but look at look at what compromising with the word does. Is it is it allows all these the enemy to to interlope. And so many people look at me and they're like, "Pastor, you are so too severe. You are too harsh." No, I'm not harsh. I'm not strict. I see the truth of this. And so why would I compromise when I see that that the enemy is going to use these traps? So no compromise If the word says no It must be no So pastors This must be Firm in you as well If you are preaching The word Clear And they choose Not to accept it Then Then that's no longer Your responsibility But let's say You don't preach The word properly Then what are you Going to do When you stand Before God The truth has no compromise There is no compromise with the truth If they don't want to receive the truth Then tell them to leave Or or let them leave The reason why syncretism creeped Creeped into the church Is because they compromised with the word and so, look, Israel has spurned the good. That is really dangerous. And so verse four, let's move on to verse four. Now it's talking about the sin of the kings and the government and the rulers of the world. Verse four they made kings, but not through me And so after Jeroboam the second, many, Kings uh, rise up through betrayal And through treachery Right they, they they do all these coup d'etats To make themselves kings and so
0: This is kings Who have been
1: p- polluted by greed
0: And ambition
1: Remember God originally didn't want kings For Israel right In spiritual God alone must be king and so, if you, do not abs- if you do not objectify this truth, then God cannot be king. And so, this must be truth. God alone must be king, right? But it's because everyone wants to be king. Because there's so many kings in the church, it causes this position. Look at, look at the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church only has one head, right? The Pope. Why does the protestant church so weak? Because there's so many kings, right? If, if three pastors gather together, in that gathering there comes five, five, uh, what's it called? Five denominations. God alone should be king. That is what reign is all about. God alone is king. And so we need to be tenacious against all the things that are king inside of me apart from God. That's why we talk about all the all the evil desires of Habakkuk, right? The desires for for safety, the desires for possession, the desires for fame, the desires for pleasure and the desire for idolatry. And so look, look at the parable of the seed. The, the seed that gets planted in the in the field of thorns, right? It grows, it takes seed, it takes root, and it grows. But the problem is, is that the thorns grow with it and it chokes it. This is the order, this is what this is talking about right here is that there are two things growing at the same time. This is what it means to be syncretism, It's what it means to be mixed. And so, in the church, if you keep accepting the desires of the Bible, and look, this is difficult, I know. it's hard to even repent of fam- infamous sins, right? And yet, we need to go beyond that kind of repentance But repenting of even these desires How deep must repentance go? That we are repenting of even these desires That these desires in themselves are sin and wicked That these desires become start to sprout their ugly head And try to take kingship So we are upon this delicate time We are upon this sensitive time And so, look, our focus is in God's return.
0: But honestly, the
1: tribulation period, there's not much for the Gentiles to do. But, But until that time of the tribulation, the Gentiles must prepare. Because in those end times, there are only two types of people that are going to exist. One, people who are in the New World Order, or those who do not compromise with the truth and are the remnant. What do you think we've been doing for the past 23 years in Zola ministry? This is the one thing that's preparing to for this, for the truth. That's what we have done. Because we are living in this season, we must not compromise with the word, not compromise with the truth. All the other kings inside of us, all the other kings in our church, we need to cut it off, cut it off. That God alone be king, Amen.
0: And so they made kings But not through me They
1: set up princes And so this is again Talking about reign That it's not God's dominion But other dominion God alone should be king And he alone should have the dominion Right when it says Kingdom of God What is that talking about? It's saying King God is king of this dominion And so And so for the church To go into freedom As it says in Romans 6 and 7 It's about this It's about He being him being king that, that, that you alone is king over the church and so we receive that that you alone have dominion
0: and because he
1: has dominion can the world have dominion over us? no the world again is what the prince of this world is already stands judged right? I mean that the game is already over and so look
0: demons have already been
1: judged and yet why are they still here? why are they still amongst us?
0: as it says in Hebrews two eight. Because the
1: victory that we have is nominally only right now, and God's not pleased to just have us be nominally victorious, but to be practically righteous, to have that victory and to lord it over the enemy. They are all those to be oppressed by us, right? To 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 suffer under
2: our foot that's why they are still here so they are still
1: here because to give us true victory they have already been defeated right as it says in Colossians Colossians 2 that they have been disarmed and right as it says in 1 John 5 right That, 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 that the evil one cannot touch us and so and so why 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 can they not touch us because the blood of the king goes through me right because the blood of the kings flows through me
0: and so they set up princes, but I knew it not. With their silver
1: and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. So look. So what are they doing? What what is that they do not know God. And when they do not know God, they are destroyed. And so above all else, God needs to know. Why? Because we are under His reign. We are in His dominion, right? And then again, it says they make idols out of silver and gold.
0: And so again, this
1: is showing the essence of idolatry. What is idolatry? It is deification of your desires, of your desires. And so those who live by themselves, whether they attend church or not, Habakkuk says that they are still under the evil. Right? As it says in Hebrews 2:1, or not Hebrews, sorry, uh, Habakkuk 2:1. What is the definition of evil? Those who live by their strength. Those who live by themselves, who live by their own desires. And so the Bible says that the source of evil is what? Is the self. And so the old self must be put to death. Amen. And so if you want to be a disciple, what does it say in Mark? It says that they need to deny themselves and carry the cross and follow after Jesus. So we must not slack in this at all because where is the pinnacle of God's glory is those who, who die for the gospel and for God. So if you keep living this life that is self-centered, this life, or no, so this is why we need to continually, continually and, and, and tenaciously put to death the life that tries to live for ourselves. The problem is is that we have already died with God, with Christ, we have already died with Christ, but the old self continually comes back alive, right? Why? Because again, this ties into why demons are still on this earth. It's because in this warfare, as we're continually being victorious, we go from nominally victorious to practically victorious. And so, this severe spiritual warfare is going on even now. And as you are continually being victorious in this, then what happens is that you continually know that you have the victory, that truly you do have this victory, and you see the promise of God. And so that, that He has judged the devil and has already condemned the work of the devil. And then you understand that ah, this victory is mine, that I have this powerful authority that, that it belongs to me. And so until that day comes, we need to continually persevere and 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 and, and, and fight and put to death the self and so how long is this going to take? I don't know but what I do know is that this promise will come to fruition Amen. so let's continue so what else does it say? Uh, with their silvers and gold they made idols for their own destruction so whatever it is anything that comes apart from God anything that comes apart from God when they take it from their what, what they desire anything that they take with their desire it becomes rebellion against God. And that's the terrifying thing. And so, and so ultimately, you start to turn God into Baal because God uh, that you need, God that you want, and so God that pleases you, and that is Baal. And so what does the Lord's Prayer teach us? It says, let your will be done, at, uh, let your will be done right? Your kingdom come Your will be done Right What is idolatry? Idolatry is my kingdom My desires My will My kingdom and my will And that's the terrifying thing Is that Is that ultimately If you live by the world You will end in idolatry You can't help but end up in idolatry Because Because that's what this is all about This is the strength That tries to take things apart from God This is This is the desire that tries to live apart from God And so we need to be able to put our desires to death. We need to be able to put ourselves to death. And this is really difficult, I understand. But, but victory is yours. And so take heart because victory belongs to you. So do not allow your desires to be deified in you because that's going to try to transform God into Baal. And that's why I say in our church constantly, I constantly remind them to to remove the things that lives that they try to live in their sarks they live self-centered to repent of those things do not live self-centered but live god-centered do not live self-centered but god-centered and this is what I've been continually confess uh, proclaiming in our church and you know, it's, I've already preached Habakkuk maybe 20 years ago. It's been 20 years since I preached Habakkuk. But now it's finally after 20 years that people are starting to see these desires, these evil desires inside of them. And so, I actually talked about this for many years to put yourself to death, to put yourself. That actually has been the... the basis of every single servant, but it's only now, finally, that they are starting to realize that ah this is what it is. They are now finally starting to fight with this. And so really in our church, they're going crazy right now because this fight has become officially and so so you know they're seeing the snakes um, l- snakes come out and so so they're having a hard time. They're they're struggling with this.
0: <laughs>
1: so look at how tough and sinewy humans are. That even though a thousand years, people have been, for thousands of years, people, uh, even though they experience God, it takes them thousands of years to to return to repent. <laughs>
0: 막막 주제하는 거 그죠? 막, 막 주제 네. 막안 줬어? 막 주제잖아요, 그렇죠? 네. 얼마나 감사해요. 네. 삼촌님 그런 거다 도망한데, 그렇죠? 이렇게 안 도망가고 이렇게 저우소지만 그렇죠? 뭐 지지공사도 있지만, 네네네. <웃음> 아무도 안 도망가고 이러잖아요, 그렇죠? 이야, 네. 얼마나 감사해요. 정말 감사하죠, 그렇죠? 저런 말할게, 다네. 정말 감사해요. 그래요. 네. 모쪼록 하여튼 여러분이. 어,
1: so you are the remnant, not the leftover, right? Do not be the leftover, but be the remnant. I bless you to be remnant, not
0: leftover, man. So I have faith. I have faith that you are the remnant. If I
1: didn't believe that you are the remnant, then would I would I preach like this? So where are we to go now? Verse five.
0: I spurned your calf, O Samaria so Samaria is the capital of northern Israel, right?
1: But what is this, your calf? This is again talking about the, the, the root of idolatry And so he's actually not going against the capital But against the city of Bethel Because Bethel was the temple of northern Israel Because this temple, the place of worship for northern Israel was corrupted And so, of course, he's going to spurn them and cut them off. And so, remember, all evil was made in in the temple. And so, many people think that uh, because of the corruption of the world influences the church. No, it's the corruption of the church that flows out to the world.
0: So, I have spurned your calf
1: so God cannot be patient with with idolatry he will uh, judge it my anger burns against them so look it burns up it burns up into flame so remember God is a jealous God amen
0: God God uh, made
1: us to love Him and Him alone The reason for this is because this is our glory This is the only way for our glory If we love anything apart from God If we love other things with God then that is the source of corruption we need to love God alone and so how are we able to do this you will know when you live by God because if you are meeting with God and you are walking with God you will understand that ah, I would love God alone you you are not forced into this love but you realize that when you walk with God you will realize that there is nothing else there is nothing else that God alone it's because you do not meet with him it's because you are not walking with him it's because you are not filled with him that you think that you can love other things but if you will receive The love of God As I always say You know As I always say That you cannot compare The love of God With the love of your wife Okay Because God's love is unique It is one of a kind And it's only In that love That you can love your wife You cannot love God with the love that you have with your wife It doesn't go the opposite way It only goes one way which is you know the love of God You receive the love of God You experience the love of God and through that you love Others and when you love God And when you experience that you understand that you Can love God alone If you receive the love of God you cannot love Anything else so 32 years Ago when I first met with God really as I've testified this many times, I, I had many addictions in this world. But once I received the love of God, I, I cut it all off immediately.
0: Okay.
1: Really like uh, I used to smoke cigarettes, I used to drink alcohol, and I cut it off the moment I met with God I, it's not because I forced myself to no but but really, when I looked at cigarettes, it disgusted me. when I looked at al- when I smelled alcohol, it would disgusted me. I was drunk off of Jesus love. Why would I want to be drunk off of alcohol? And so this and so because they lost that love his anger burns against them. Why does he why does that anger burn against them? Because God showed Israel that he is more than enough. And they have experienced that God is more than enough. And so when Israel doesn't live that way, of course he's going to curse Israel.
0: God did not choose
1: Israel because they were great. God did not choose Israel because they had the greatest numbers. Look, Israel didn't have strength They were not in the Iron Age And yet they defeated The Canaanites who were already With Iron Ages right? Look at throughout history What nation that did not have Iron tools defeat an Iron Age Nation? There is none And yet it's because God. It's because God was with them that they were able to defeat the Canaanites and enter into Canaan. But they. So already Israelites experienced that God alone is more than enough, and yet they spurned God. And so, anyways, how long will they be incapable of innocence?
0: So because they spurned God They cannot be innocent And so let's say that
1: And so let's say that they committed a different sin Because they have relationship with God Their innocence is still there But once they go to idolatry They spurned God, right? And so that means that there is no way for them To be clean anymore And it's the same thing to us Why is the power of the blood so important to us? Because no matter what sin we may sin, as long as we have the blood of Christ, it has the power to erase all sins. But now, look, Israel, it's the same thing. This Day of Atonement, now, of course, it didn't erase their sins, but in this Old Testament era, what what set Israel apart from the Gentiles is that they had a way to deal with sin in one way or another, right? Which is, the, which is their sacrificial system, right? Now, now, now the difference between Israel and the New Testament saints is that is that we have complete erasure, erasure, or erasure eras- eras- of that sin. But, but in this Old Testament era, the Israelites what they had was the sacrificial system, which allowed them to put off sins, right? But, But when they lose that, what does that mean? That means they are no different from the Gentiles. There's nothing that sets them apart. There's nothing that sets them apart as the chosen nation. And so as the prophets continue to say that, I will treat you just like the Gentiles. And so this is... This is great shame to Israel, right? This is something that should not be that they would be treated the same as Gentiles. Right? we see that throughout the Psalms. What does David say to God? What what is his plea? That God, do not treat me as the Gentiles. Do not treat me as sinners. Do not treat me, far be it from you, to treat me as Gentiles this is the pride we have as God as those as children of God this is the pride we should have as having God's righteousness this is something that we should put our lives on it shouldn't be oh this is good or that is good no no it should be God alone God alone we this is the this is, will be known to those who give their lives to the holiness that God gives Now, things like this may cause difficulty in your life, but it may be difficult, but it is not critical. And so the more you strengthen the nobility of God, the more you strengthen and and objectify this God's truth, the more glory will come upon you, the more nobility will come upon you. And so many times it may seem like our compromising with the world is good That compromising with the world will bring you happiness Or bring you ease But it's not It's going to lead to destruction So let's continue Verse
0: 6 For it is from
1: Israel a craftsman made it It is not God The calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces So the nuance of this word If you look at Hebrew is that it's impossible, and yet they made it happen. That's the nuance. Is that It should be impossible, but, but they made it possible. And that is what breaks God's heart. So Israel should have been impossible to Israel, and yet idolatry is going on. How can idolatry be in the midst of Israel? It could not be, and yet it is. So this is God's pain. This is God's heart. Uh, God's struggle And God's, God's rage
0: A craftsman made it And so this should
1: not be And yet it is It is not God Right? Idols What is the greatness of man? Is that though it is Not Though it is not an animate object People can personify it Right? That is the power of God Right? Look at Look at money. Money is not an is not an animate object, and yet people can, by worshiping it, can personify money. Look at dogs. Do dogs have, are dogs uh, spirit? Do they have, do they have, are they, do they have spirit? No, but when you love it and you, and you, you know, give it a $50 salon cut and you give clothes and clothing, then that spirit that dog becomes personified and it personifies immorality there's some people who even write their dogs into their wills right that that's immorality so be careful be, we really need to be careful people that if you love anything apart from god and people that is dangerous now look i am not, i do not hate dogs i love dogs when when i was in in, in jeju and, and in, in my childhood i raised many dogs i i really like dogs So we need to love God alone, amen. So, uh, 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 so
0: look,
1: everything that God doesn't want, everything that God does not acknowledge, is going to be a footfall, it's going to be a trap. Receive this word in faith. And we need to continually not bring into account the things that man makes And so what is that? It's the Babylon, it's it's the standards of this world If you're constantly immersed in those things, you think that that's where beauty lies You put meaning into those things and that's dangerous There is no meaning in the world, we are simply in this world because we live We eat simply because we need to eat, we simply wear because we need to wear But whether we have or not is not critical So, many people are mistaken regarding this, like, I remember when I went to Iguazu Falls, the guide was like, look at how great this looks, look at how awesome it is. And I was like, I was like, oh, look, it's it's nice. And then he's like, oh, this pastor, this pastor doesn't know how to express himself. And I said, I've seen a more beautiful waterfall than this, and he was like, Where was that waterfall? And, and it's in Psalms forty, right? That the that the voice of God is like a waterfall. And I've seen that waterfall. And why would the waterfall of Iwasu amaze me.
2: So let's move on to the third thing.
1: Uh, from verse 7 to 14,
0: uh, it
1: talks about the, the, the devastation of Israel. So, verse 7 For they sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. And so, be, through idolatry, they expected prosperity, they expected uh, abundance, but instead they're being cursed. And so look, ultimately, if we live by the world, why do we serve the world? We serve the world because we think through the world we'll be enriched, we'll be prosperous. But when you lose God and everything that you possess is going to actually be the standard which, causes, which you are judged by, which will, you, you will cause your death. This is the principle of spirit, right, the spiritual realm, is that what is immorality? Immorality loves people, but you die because of those people. What is greed? You love money, but because of that money, you die. So even if you have money, you die Even if you don't have money, you die Even if you have money, you you are unhappy Even if you don't have money, you are unhappy That is greed And this is the principle of things This is the principle of the spiritual realm So anything that you have Any riches you have Any good you have apart from God Is going to be the cause of your death So this is something that we need to accept and acknowledge This is the same thing in the church if you lose the holiness of God And yet trying to enlarge your church That is dangerous That is going to cause you destruction There was a pastor I knew in my days And this was a pastor Who would invite celebrities To give their testimony every week And, and, and through that, through that Through the invitation of celebrities That church grew to get 7,000 members And the moment the church became 7,000 members He died he died of cancer. So you may think that this is an extreme case, but ultimately it's just a matter of time. Everyone will die if apart from God. If you try to uh, enlarge your church without the holiness of God, you try to enlarge the church without the love of God, without without God's will, then there's no there's no meaning. Now, it'd be great if you have holiness of God and also lots of church members. That'd be great. But, but to my knowledge, most of those mega churches do not have the holiness of God. And so this is how you should pray. Lord, give me 10,000 members so that I can die for your or, no, no, sorry, one moment. I, I, he made a joke, but I didn't understand it. Sorry, one moment. Okay, so when you think that each and every single member of your church member is going to be the crown of your glory, then and you know, this is not a simple matter. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that... Of course, it's not something that you can do. God does it, but... But do not be... But do not try to bunch people into a bundle, right? It's not about bundle. You need to be praying for each and every single one, every single church member, right? Because they are your crown. And so pastors, you need to be so intimate with your church members. And why? You need to be transparent. And so the most important thing is transparency, right? Because transparency without transparency you cannot be the church this is actually something that's continually being dealt with in our church right now and so for the most part in our church they are transparent amongst one another this is a sign that you are being family that you are being a community and so if you're losing holiness losing God there is no no value in this world without those things. Limiting the Holy Spirit and going against the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. What what could you attempt to possess? What could you attempt? That that you want to go against him, that you would limit him, that you would blaspheme him? Is there any greatness to be found outside of him? No, there is nothing. And yet what and yet you try to possess something that that's wrong. And so what is this saying That they shall reap the whirlwind Is that look at They are doing all this in vain They are doing this in vain And so a whirlwind comes how, how vain is that? How empty is that?
0: And now you cannot apply
1: this to The world But of course eventually it will happen But to Israel, to Israel This is really important Because Without God, everything that they possess without God simply becomes a whirlwind it just be, It's a mirage So the children of God, if they have something that God doesn't desire Then it's actually a blessing that they meet with this whirlwind That they meet with this struggle because God's interest is in His people. And when His people stray from Him, then of course God is going to send this whirlwind. He must send this whirlwind. And this is actually the blessing of Israel. This is actually the the, the, the joy of Israel. Because through this, you realize, ah, I was all in vain, and I need to go back to God. Right? And then, so what's another parable?
0: Is that, look, they
1: sow the wind, right? They're sowing emptiness, and what are they getting? They're getting the wind back as a violent storm. This is, the, this is the foolishness of investing in the world. They sowed something, and it, they reaped, but it reaps nothing, right? They, the standing grain has no heads. And it shall yield no flower. And even if it were to yield... Strangers would devour it, and so there's nothing left over. And so what is God saying? It don't work in vain. All we need to invest in is God, not in anything else. All we need to pour ourselves into is God, not everything else. And so as we as, as said earlier in Hosea, let us press on to know the Lord. Let us press on to know the Lord. That's how we have been created. When God created Adam, he did not create Adam to be a worker. No, he created Adam to walk with God. So right, he would stretch out his hand and the tree would bear its fruit we have not been built to be workers that's not how you have been created
0: and so
1: and so this must be clear to the church what is the church to do the church is what is the kingdom of heaven and so the church is, is you are not coming to the church to be successful in this world you are not coming to the church to be blessed in this world, no you are coming to church so that you can be glorious when his kingdom comes right, and so the only interest the church should be have is is how to be holy and so, as I was looking at statistics before, the most popular type of sermon is the sermon that teaches you how to raise your children, how to, how to, how to make your children successful. That is the most popular kind of sermon, according to statistics. And the second is how to ha- be successful in your marriage. That's the second most popular. So, sir, if you preach, this, if you preach about these two things, your church will, will be uh, successful. No, no. Apart from the truth, that's the most important thing. What is the truth? Is that God is holy. And so it is the truth, the truth that must be there and that there should be no compromise here. And so, and so Zoe Ministry, don't dream that your church will go through a revival. Just receive what God gives. And so, whatever God gives, and So don't go out saying, go out and reach out Go reach out, go reach out No, it's not about reaching out Because, because if you try to re- reach out it, it becomes methods, right? You, you try to give things out You try to attract people through certain kinds of events That's not what it's about That's not what you should be worried about God sends according to His will And that's what you need to be ready for And so preach the gospel Preach life And so do not expect millions of thousands of people As you're preaching the truth That is is a mirage You are beings who are to stand with me before God in glory, right? And when we stand before Him in glory, do you think God is going to say, "What did you do that you only brought ten people?" No, God is not going to. God is not going to say that. He might accuse you of saying, "In your church, why is there no one who who received glorification?" That's one thing that he might accuse you. And that's where our goal is. So who are you trying to please in your pastoral ministry? Is it going to be people? When I stand before God, how am I going to be accepted, received? What is my reception going to be? That should be your interest. That is what's important. but if you lose that slowly by slowly the world will trickle in and so this is where there should be no compromise there should be no compromise here okay do not do not uh, invest in people now does that mean to to look down on people to to treat people wrong no that's not what I'm saying is saying God comes first God comes first so let's continue verse eight So verse 8, Israel is swallowed up. So swallowed up is actually the same uh, word as syncretized. That they have been
2: syncretized.
1: (laughs) They are mixed. Israel is mixed. so already they are among the nations as a useless vessel, right? They are swallowed up. They are absorbed into the world. They were supposed to be separate from the world. They are supposed to be sanctified, right? That was the secret of Israel: is to receive the holiness of God. When they receive the holiness, what does that mean? That means they have been set apart for God. And so, as long as you have holiness, Israel will serve. Will thrive, right? Israel was not victorious based on what they have. No, if they are with God, whether they had or not, they will be victorious. This is an important secret to Israel. So if you lose that holiness, then you have been set apart for God. And if you lose that set apartness, then then you have no nothing that sets you apart from the world. And so holiness look at that tremendous privilege of what holiness is. Holiness is ascribed to God alone. And yet that holiness is given to you.
0: Right. What is the name of
1: the king? The name of the king guarantees the authority of the king. And yet what have we received? We have received the name of holiness from God. And that so when you lose that holiness because you are mixed, because you are syncretized, what happens? You become a vessel, a useless vessel, and this vessel is being used, is being absorbed, but is useless. And because it's useless, the world just swallows it up and so to Israel who loses their identity they are nothing they they are useless they are altogether worthless and so when we live as Israel it's actually very easy and yet this simplicity if you lose it then Israel is worthless Look at the three thousand year history year of Israel. Why do they go through such hardship? Because they lose the holiness of God. Remember, Israel is the firstborn of the nations, right? And the firstborn receives twice the inheritance of the rest. But when that firstborn loses that right of the firstborn, he is more than when he is punished, he is punished double. Right, and so that's what's happening to Israel and so all Israel has to do is maintain holiness is to guard holiness that's what they need to do that's the holiness Holin- the church needs to guard holiness keep holiness that's all they need to do but they, they lose sight of this and they try to use other methods to, to enlarge their church and that's the mistakes of pastors and that's where pastors have failed they keep tr- thinking that they need to mix something that they need to do something This is legalism. This is legalism. These pastors are called seminar pastors, right? Because they go to that seminar and this seminar trying to put on this wing and that wing. No. The church. Now I'm not I cannot say that this is bad in itself. But but ultimately, without holiness, what use is program? Without holiness, what use is anything? Because God doesn't move based on programs. No, he doesn't move on this hierarchical step, first level, second level, third level. No You need to keep growing, keep going, keep going more deeper into God. And even as you go deeper, you'll never find any end, right? There is no end. You just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. So no matter how dig, deeper you dig, there is no end. Verse nine. Yes. So again, this useless vessel, another word for this is joyless. So God is takes joy in us, right? How much joy does he have in us? Okay, when your son was born, how much how much joy did you have? Did you rejoice? But God rejoices even more than that.
0: So it's important to know how much He rejoices in us.
1: And so when we know that, then we can rejoice in Him as well. And so there is this song, right? This hymn. And so this is the relationship that we have, this relationship of joy of rejoicing. So the focus is the the emphasis isn't on how much I rejoice in him, but how much he rejoices in me and in that I rejoice in him. But you're losing sight of that. That's what worldliness is. And so, and so, those who live in the spirit, their characteristic is how to be more holy, how to go deeper to God, how to know God more. But, but people who have, who are influenced by the world, what is their interest? What can I do to eat more? What can I do to enjoy more? What can I do to, to, to have more? And so... Israel, when they lose holiness, what do they become? They become altogether useless, altogether worthless. So if God was to treat Israel the same as the Gentiles, that means that it's over for Israel. That's why we need to give our lives to holiness because we have been set apart from the world. We have been set apart from the world. God reigns over the, over Israel with a love that is different from the world. God reigns over Israel with a reign that is different from the world. And so why did God choose Israel to do this? To bless the world. That is the privilege that Israel has in their election. So moving on, verse 9. For they have gone up to Assyria, a wild donkey wandering alone. And so, in this, there's, there's this word key, which is the word in English for. So for they have gone up to Israel, a wild donkey wandering alone, a donkey that moves however he wants. And so it's showing them going to Assyria to seek aid But when it says that he's wandering alone It's talking about the state that they're separate from God So when Israel, originally they're supposed to be one with God In that holiness Then through that God pours out his reign over the world and so the church the church should not receive any influence from the world, should not we are not to submit to the world, right? No matter how great they may be, as it says in Ephesians 1, 22, 23. Right? The church has the authority to rule over the world. Why? Because when we are one with him who is the head of the church, we reign over the world. When Israel is one with God, they will never be alone. They are not like a wild donkey wandering alone, right? But yet here, because they are separate from God They look to uh, strong nations And so when it says wandering alone Remember man when they this is one this is the judgment that God gave to man when they turned away from God right it's to wander the earth right that's that's what that's how God judged Cain we cannot be separate from God if we are separate from God that we are is finished it's over it's game over and so Whatever we do, wherever we may be, we need to be one with Him. So that's why Jesus, what did He bless us? He get, He created in us this relationship, this eternal relationship where I abide in you and you abide in me. And so this relationship of life needs to be whole in us at all times. And so in the Holy Spirit, this relationship is there. And so let's hurry up and finish. I think I think you guys are getting tired. And so look.
0: In Jeremiah
1: 2:24, it says that Israel is a wild donkey in heat. It's a mare in heat, right? Moving according to their desires, and so Israel is moving according to their desires, looking for their own benefit. And so they go to Assyria, they go to Egypt, they go to Syria, they go to Egypt, and so according to their desires, according to their ambition, their Their will, their thoughts, if you live by those things, it's like a mare in heat. And so you think that that's freedom, right? Doing what you want. That is not freedom. What is true freedom? True freedom is being under the reign of the word. If you are wandering, you are living by your strength, by your thoughts, by your limitations, right? And so if you are, if you have your strength, you think that you are free, that you can do whatever you want. But ultimately, you are a wandering donkey, going here and there, going here and there. So when you live by your strength, you will meet your limitations. And so... Romans 8, what does it say? What does it say? Do we have limitations when we are one with God? There is no limitations, right? Because what can separate me from the love of God, as it says in Romans 8? And so, this is where true freedom is. True freedom is. There's no reason for you to live by the limitations of Babylon. And so, when you don't have money, of course, it's uncomfortable. But at the same time, you understand that's not failure. And because no one can block you no, no person can block you Whether it's a king or a president cannot block you right? And so that's the characteristic that you have As being under the reign of God Nothing can cut you from the love of God Nothing can cut you off from the love of God And so for the past 30 years No one, nothing Could cut me off from God Nothing has interrupted me Nothing could cut me off Why? Because I have a relationship with God And so Nothing can cut me off. And so that's why I say to the young adults Are you going to leave the church because of your job? Then leave. Get out of here. Get out of here. If you think your direction is money and work, then then go there. But God, not, none of those things can come between you and God. None of those things should come between you and God. So if they're going to leave, then let them leave. And so, what is freedom? Freedom is being one with God's will. What is freedom is being in God's reign, is being under God's reign. That is true freedom. And from there, God's glory is revealed. And so, the fleshly things that try to go against this, my strength, my desires, is so important to put those things together. So, what else does it say? It says Ephraim has hired lovers
0: And so has hired lovers This is prostitution, right? And so
1: again, what is he talking about? He's talking about them them serving prosperity Them serving this prosperity cult So because Israel has been polluted by the world What are they looking after? They're looking after prosperity Because because Babylon, what? Babylon worships strength. And so they became worshippers of strength. What is Lachish? Lachish is, is a symbol of Israel's strength, right? And so they're living by their strength. This is evil. This is wickedness. And so, people of God. We must not have the tendency to worship strength And so look, I'm not saying that your church should not grow in numbers That's not a problem in itself But the problem is, is that you need to see Is is your desire for your church to grow Coming out of that desire for strength Is it coming out of that desire for power That's the problem Because our power should come from God Should come from the authority of God Remember, the kingdom of heaven belongs to the little guy The kingdom of heaven belongs to the humble guy So what is the little guy? The little guy is the person who cannot live without God The little guy is the person who cannot be independent of God And if you serve the strength of Babylon What's going to happen is that you're going to become more and more independent apart from God You're going to start to think that it's possible to be independent why do you think your prayer is not desperate? Why do you think your prayer is not tenacious? It's because you are open to the potential of think, receiving things apart from God. When we were talking about 2 Corinthians, it says that I will boast in my weakness for my weakness is strength. Why? Why? What is the center of that? What does that mean? It means that... Right, That Jesus' death is my death That Jesus' death is my death That my flesh My flesh is dead The strength of my flesh I have given up on those things And so what happens inside of me Is that his resurrection life Flows forth And so when the Babylon standard Enters into the church What's going to happen is that you will not Become holy spiritually And above all else Your prayer will not be earnest. Your prayer will not be eager. Your prayer will not be desperate. When that prayer is earnest, God will answer. What is the focus of prayer? As it says in in, in Acts, that Peter prayed earnestly for the church. Do you think that Or no, no, when the church prayed for Peter Do do you think that they prayed earnestly Because they were afraid that Peter would die? No, Peter and the church prayed earnestly to God And so before God, before God, they can't help but be earnest Why? Because there is no other option There is no other way There is no other possibility Understanding that there is no other solution That God alone
0: And so so honestly at that time There was many things
1: Many things that the church could have done for Peter, right? Think about it. Herod was a lover of money, and so they could have bribed Herod. They could have bribed many things. They could have taken many other actions to save Peter. They could have called upon the governor The Roman governor and yet all they do Is pray why because God Alone is their answer God Alone is their solution and that's what Prayer is. so this is another example of them Not receiving the strength of the world That God alone answers my prayer That God alone is the only Answer to my life And that God alone is the only way That I do not open myself to any other Possibility like David right What does David say rely upon God he relies solely upon God. Only upon God. He doesn't rely upon anything else. And so look, brothers, why do you think is this so important? Why do you think your prayer becomes so cold? Why do you think your prayer fades away? It's because spiritually, you spiritually you are open to other things. You think that, oh, if God doesn't answer, then I'm, I might as well try this. I can do that. Because you have other potential, you, you are not earnest in your prayer. God alone needs to be your answer God alone needs to be your answer Then your prayer will be earnest And that means that you do not have the tendency of Babylon To worship strength So money If God doesn't give it Then oh, I might borrow from this man. I might look here, but but let's say you have nowhere, nowhere. Then oh Lord, without you giving me this, I'm going to starve. Then how earnest would your prayer be? Your prayer would be so earnest, wouldn't it be? And so God alone, all I need is God. And so if I live, this is the image of those who live by the Spirit, those who live by the new self. If not. Then the strength of Babylon Will start to Seep into you And that's why I say Do not possess anything Pastors Don't live by Possessions Do not live by Gathering possessions Now I'm not saying Don't enjoy things You can enjoy everything Enjoy But Don't try to store up For yourself Do not store up For yourself Because What you store up Is going to be The cause of your destruction Because you're putting strength In something else You are this is really important, okay. because God gives everything, right? And and so why why try to save for yourself? You don't need to save anything for yourself, because God gives. <sighs>
0: And so, look, you don't need to know Babylon.
1: As long as you know God and you love God, and you will see, you will see how much this Babylon corrupts you. You will see how much it tries to creep upon you and sneak upon you.
0: 10. Though they
1: hire allies among the nations
0: I will soon gather them up And so
1: even though they look to strong nations
0: God says he will
1: gather them up He will gather them up And the kings and princes shall soon writhe Because of the tribute So and so, because, and so instead of them being successful, they're going to be destroyed It's the same thing in the end times, as it says in Zechariah and in Revelations, Right? That the nations will come together, the nations will be gathered And so, look, Israel should not hold hands with the world The world is, can never be beneficial to the church okay, All it can do is become the source of our destruction now that doesn't mean to to cut off the world, no, but what it means is, is do not stretch out your hand to the world Do not beg of the world, do not ask of the world And I tell that to my church members all the time Does that look? One church member actually was like I need to go. Uh, that I need this money, and and I have a rich family member, and I would like to ask that person to, for help. And I said, don't do that. I'll give it to you. I'll loan it to you. And, and because, because why open your hands? Why stretch out your hands looking for help, looking for aid from the world? Don't do that. You you have you should have faith that God provides.
0: Okay,
1: you really. That should not ever be the
2: case. Babylon
1: is nothing. Why stretch out your hand and looking for help from the world? And really, I am not blowing airs. I'm not. I'm not bluffing. This. Is, this is how I truly feel. That there is nothing in this world that 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 can that can that can benefit. Me. The Church of God, the Church of God has the authority to reign over this world, and so, why, so, why stoops down to stretch out your hand to the world, right? And so, what else does it say? Verse 11 to 14 now is now talking about the corrupted priest and the corrupted priesthood. Because Ephraim has multiplied altars for sinning, this is causing God great pain.
0: Right, altars
1: is where God's holiness is about and But instead of holiness They are sinning So more churches, more sin It's the same principle So during Jeroboam the second time Israel was getting rich And because they're getting rich More altars are set up And as these altars are being set up Instead of becoming more holy They are sinning more and more and so look, there's 50,000 churches in this country And yet all of these churches are causing such And yet even th- despite these churches There's so much sin it's because, it's because the more churches The more sin is growing So, And so again uh, They have become to him altars for sinning And so worship should have caused them pure to be purified Should have caused them to be more holy and should be bringing that glory of God, but instead they are sinning. They are, be, they are practicing wickedness. And so, if the church is corrupted, if they compromise with the with the truth, and they allow the world to seep into the truth to, to the church, then this is what's going to happen. So, throughout Isaiah, throughout uh, through through Isaiah, through Malachi, what did what did God say to the church, to to, to Israel? He said. Who asked for these sacrifices from you? I don't want these kinds of sacrifices. You eat it yourself. Someone closed the doors of the church. And so, God, He does not care if you lose holiness. He does not want uh, pollution. He does not want corrupted things. And so, the truth, if the truth you proclaim is mixed, if the worship you give to God is mixed, then God will not accept it. God doesn't want it. And so, we need to be alert spiritually. We need to be alert spiritually.
0: And so, if
1: you lose this, then what happens is that your your sermons become methodology. Your sermons become technique. And that's dangerous. So... You need a pastor like me, right? Because through me, you receive grace. Through me, you receive you receive this new impetus. Then what about me? People like me is dangerous. And so God's grace really needs to uphold me, right? A person like me, so that I can continue to repent and continue to come before God. And so... Zoe Ministry all over the world, and all the associate pastors through me. If I fall, then what's going to happen to you? You guys are going to fall as well. If I get corrupted, if I get polluted, then wouldn't you also? Wouldn't that rot go to you as well? Then at, do you think that at that time that you could blame me when God brings you to judgment? No, no, you can't because it's up to you. It's your choice, right? So you need to be good at discerning or pray for me so this is not an easy place to be right so please pray for me please pray for me because this burden sometimes does weigh me down that wow this is great burden and, and so so this causes great loneliness not because i lack people no but because because who could i share this burden with right it's, this is something that i need to wrestle with god and so so sometimes at times this is something that can be very lonely
0: So I'm
1: not saying this so that you could appreciate me more. No, I'm saying this so that you could pray for me. Okay, I don't. I'm trying not to boast to myself, but but really, really, it's a blessing that you have someone like me, right?
0: Okay, um, God is.
1: Making us use a lot of money, and so whether it's in South America or Israel, a lot of a lot of money is being used. And so, just know that, that God is doing great things, and so please bless, uh, pray, bless, and pray for our church, because lots of money is being used. Uh, we're also using a lot of money to remodel our our sanctuary. Also, lots of money being used uh, to establish our branch branch church branch campus.
0: Verse
1: 11.
0: 11절. 11절? 자, 12절 내가 자 12절?
1: Verse 12. 내가 그를
0: 위하여 Will. 할아버님이 이스라엘에서 만 가지 율법을 만들었던 And So
1: God could write the laws by the 10,000 instead of thinking oh how could I keep this but if God creates 10,000 laws it means that God is interested in everything that they do so in Jesus this is happiness Eat this, don't eat that, do this, don't do that What is this? This is God's love It is God's consideration of love So as long as Israel is receiving the word of God They will survive, they will thrive So you think that it would be happiness to do whatever you want no but rather the Happiness is these 10,000 laws These laws that define Every aspect of my life That if I go here This is right If I go here You'll be happy All of these things And so as long as We hold on to the word How easy would life be But why is this hard Because look at Look at the law The law is all about What There's so many laws About what they eat Right To eat this Don't eat that To do this Don't do that Why Because God loves Israel Because he loves Israel, he is judging and defining every aspect of their life. Because he is interested in every aspect rather than it being burdensome, it becomes a source of happiness. And I think I said this in Romans. Okay, so uh, at the end of chosen time there was this nobleman, and this nobleman had no son, but uh, he had this he had this servant who would who was lazy. But when he adopted that servant as his son, that lazy servant became diligent. And so, and so, this lazy son never kept any of the rules, but when he became the son, the adopted son, he kept all the rules. Why? Why? Because he had that, he, because he had that uh, right of inheritance, and so he became diligent. And so, and so... And so This is the grace of God, right? The grace of God that that comes because He gives you the, you are not working hard, you are not diligent because of a salary, but because of the grace that adopts you, That's what's important. And so this, this, I write for him my laws by the ten thousands. and so to some people, when they read this, they're, they're receiving burden, they're receiving stress, but why, why, God, do you give us so many laws to keep? But no, when you're in God's love and you're in that relationship of sonship and love, this becomes a blessing. So Israel,
0: it's
1: possible to be a great man by yourself, right? But it's impossible to become a king out of your own efforts. He needs to define you, right? He needs to uh, Direct you So So faith life Remember People think that The church is to make you A good man That the goal of the church Is to make you a good man No that's ethics It's not church The church isn't to make A good man But the church is to make you die to your manhood and become divine, become like God. This is not something you can do out of your own self. This is only God can make inside of you. And so everything that's recorded here from the word of God, is all God defining you to show you how to become like God. That All you have to do is be like this. All you have to do is do that, do this, do that, don't do that, do this. But because because the world enters into you, you think that it's self-determination. You have to make yourself that that's what you think is greatness. That's the terrifying fact. That's the deception, that's the delusion That's not what the church is about It's not about self-determination But receiving and welcoming in faith What God gives you Look at how easy this is Look at how easy this is, amen And so, moving on They would be regarded as a strange thing yeah, they would be so, regarded so, as a strange, strange thing. thing. So, look, the strange comes from the word czar. And, and it, this applies to Gentiles. It's so alien. So they have become like the rest. And if you look at Hebrews 2, what does it say? That we have become strangers to the world That when the world looks at the children of God They, they should think that they are strange But if there is no separation between the church and the world Then this becomes lost But the world and the church should be strangers to one another What is strangers? Strangers is alien, right? Alien So they should be, because they're going in different directions they should be strange The, the Gentiles and the church are not going the same roo- world, world. They are going different roads And so here what's happening is that these laws became strange to them And so do not think it's strange when the world goes against you When the world persecutes you okay, And so when the internet accuses me of, of, of heresy Right, like I enjoy it because ah, I'm going the right way because they do not, they do not accept me. Because they call Jesus heretics, and honestly, that's so that's not a shame to me when people call me heretic seems like I'm boasting again. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to boast, okay? I'm not trying to boast. But I did boast, so forgive me. But anyways, so... It would be strange to them. It would be... Re- and so, don't pour out efforts to be acknowledged by the world. Don't be a church that the world acknowledges. We need to be a church that pleases God. And so in Yeshua, our church is famous for being... For, for our church is being famous for being heretics. And look, our church is noisy, right? And so our our neighbors don't like us because we're we are we are noisy, and that's that's what the church should be. The church shouldn't be acknowledged by the world. So let's hurry up and finish. I keep saying that we're going to finish And yet we're still not finished Verse 13 As for my sacrificial offerings They sacrifice me and eat it But the Lord does not accept it But again, this is again the, about the offering The offering should please God And yet it doesn't please God Why? Because it's mixed Because they are mixed with this with this, this ideology And desire of, of prosperity And so God is not pleased with it and so, but the Lord does not accept it. He, now He will remember their iniquity. So remember, when God, when when they sacrifice to God, the the the, the atoning sacrifice, does God remember their sins? No, He doesn't. And yet He's remembering them because we are not simply being forgiven, but those sins are being erased. That I remember your sins no more. And so, to us, do we have judgment or not? We do not have judgment. We do not we do not need to receive uh, guilt because there is no accusation, there is no condemnation. If you are feel, stand condemned, that means you are being deceived by the devil, or you are not saved. And so, if you believe in the in the in the blood of Christ, then you would not be you would not be you would not stand under condemnation. Let's say before five minutes before I preached, I fought with my wife. That's a sin, right? Then then would I be burdened would I, or not? I would be burdened, right? Five minutes before I was preaching, would I be able to preach?
0: Right, you couldn't. And
1: yet, honestly, even after fighting, five minutes, let's say two minutes later, I repented and then I I should be able to preach then. Like that, that is righteousness. Because no longer is that sin remembered, right? That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, don't test this, okay? I, I, it's not good to test this, but.
0: But principally, this is the
1: thing, and so now he will remember their iniquity. And so remember, God doesn't remember their iniquities if they if they uh, repent. And God is spirit, and so he will not remember it if you repent, but without repentance, he will remember their iniquity, and it stores up, it stores up, and it stores up, and they think that that sin is only momentary. No, it goes through eternity, goes through eternity, and so if he remembers their iniquity, then they will punish their sins, and what is that punishment? They shall return to Egypt. What does that mean? That they'll return to slavery. And so when Israel loses holiness, loses the name of God, loses that purity, what happens? They are slaves. It's the same thing in your Christian life. That name of being a child of God, that glorious name that you are under, you are under the church of God. What happens is that if you lose sight of that, you become worse than the world. Why? Because you go back to that slavery. And so I do not like to say this, but Or I do not say this, that a church member should be rich. A church member should have successful children. No, that's not the case. There are times where church members will go through suffering. There are times where church members will go through hardship. There are times where church members will go through through poverty. There are times where church members will suffer their children bad things. But, and so now this shouldn't always be the case but what the important thing is that these things may happen they may not happen but this should not be uh, the basis of your faith Ultimately God will respond right? Because God counts even the hairs on your head And so so would he not be interested when you suffer? Of course he's interested And so when we understand that he is interested And he cares then, Then when we have suffering what can we be sure of is that He is watching and He is reigning and He is interested. Then if you understand that, then this will not be the source of you losing faith. Then this will not be the source of you
0: of you faltering.
1: Oh, 주님, one moment. God is not powerless, right? We understand that. He is not weak. He is able to act. And so they shall return to Egypt. He is a child of God, but they're going back to slavery. They are the child of the king, but they're going back to slavery. They are these great noble beings that are the son of the king of all kings, and yet they're going back to slavery under sin. And so when you lose the relationship with God This is what will happen So moving on to verse 14 14. For Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces As I said earlier God can't help but remember their iniquity Why? Because Israel has forgotten his maker Has forgotten their maker So we must not forget our maker, amen? So when it says forgotten them Does that mean that they've forgotten them in their mind? No, he's talking about their relationship with God and so as I preached out of the Lord's prayer, right, our Father who art in heaven, this is this relationship of life that Father, He is my Father. When you acknowledge that He is the source of life, that is when He is our Father. But when you lose that relationship of life, and life and life comes from money, life comes from people, then He is no longer your Father. He, it is money that is your Father. And so though you say Father God. You are actually saying father money Father people, father person And so spiritually This is what's going on Though your mind might not be saying that That is what's going on spiritually That being that is the source of your life That being that is what you think is life Is what is, 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 is what you are praying to And so when you lose that relationship Of life with God Then then, then you no longer Remember God is not a machine Right? He The power of the blood Isn't a machine It's not some machine where you input That power and and it works No, it's a relationship It's in that relationship That went out of that Outpouring of of the inspiration That comes from uh, Having that relationship Then that power of that blood is applied Inside of you that gives you that righteousness right? That is the blood And that blood is inside of you When you receive that love, that that sin is no longer there inside of you. It's because of this life relationship. So if you do not receive that life relationship, then you cannot smell that blood, right? Why is Chuman my son? Because my blood flows in him. Because I have this blood relationship with him. That's why he is my son and so that's what's important if you do not believe that relationship of fatherhood then that blood has nothing to do with you that love lets you know what that power of that blood is, and so let's continue. And so, has built palaces, and so what is this building palaces represent? It represents worship of strength. but whether it's lakish or palaces, it's all about strength. God should be my strength, but they're thinking that these worldly things is their strength, and this is that means that they have lost the essence of the church. And so, so right Timothy first Timothy one, right? God is our blessed. He is the blessed. He is our strength, and that is what we live by. We live by the by God, not by what, what we have. If glory is there, then we will never suffer. We will not be destroyed. We will not suffer death. And so it's all about your faith. What do you believe in? Do you believe in the essence of the church or do you believe in this world? And then so, and Judah has multiplied fortified cities. So I will send a fire upon his cities and it shall devour her strongholds. And so look, the strength of the man is nothing. Before God, it is nothing. And so if you live by the world, you will be destroyed. Why? So we need to live by God alone. Amen? Hallelujah. This is the faith that you need to add. Do, and you will not come to regret because of these things. If you live by God alone, you will not regret your life. It's when you live by things of apart from God and when you live from things that is not God that's when you will regret when God is your everything when you love God alone that is when uh, everything is so love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your strength with all your soul hallelujah and so yes Lord this is who we are that we are beings that can love you alone that, we, we, that you are our everything your glory your gospel your joy this is everything to us that is who we want to be yes Lord anoint us at this time and so let us pray all together at this time and so though it's 12 o'clock We need to pray We need to pray amen amen amen, amen.
0: amen, amen, amen So let's pray That
1: Lord, this glorious season Is coming upon us And it's already here And so Zoya ministry What is the strength That allows us to move To that glory? It's, it's this faith, right? And so This strength This This, this, this this sword needs to be inside of us that that lord or no this is what we need to check in ourselves that 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 oh this is what has been corrupting me that that I have compromised here I have compromised there and this is the uh, what we need to check and as long as we are holy there's nothing impossible this is the faith that we need to have this is where we need to put our lives on is that is the truth the truth and so in this conference that Lord may this be a glorious conference that gives us this glory and as this glory is given to us that the
2: doors to South America would be open wide for us and so Lord all this syncretism that is mixed inside of us may they be rooted out from within us and that your church would grow in purity and holiness and so all of these things that have been adulterated that have been adulterated inside of us may be purified at this time that we would stand firm in the faith. We receive this word in faith at this time, and Lord, as we receive it, may your power of the blood cleanse us, that we would grow in holiness. Let us pray out together.
1: Hallelujah. Believe in God's love. Believe how much He rejoices in you. And so, when the church gives his life for the truth, he will take so much interest in you, he will take so much pleasure in you, and he will pour out all his glory. That your pride, his pride, is your pride. So, God, we believe in your love today that that's why you came into this world as man. You took this flesh and through the blood you spilt on this earth, we believe that's why we are
2: here. And so we once again proclaim and declare the power of your blood. And so Lord, upon all the syncretistic nature in our church, we come against it with your truth, all the tendency to worship strength, that Father, you would erase that desire, you would erase that tendency, and once again, lead us into your glory. Blood of Jesus, we believe in your blood, blood of Jesus, pour it out, pour it out, Lord, pour out that blood upon this time, and as it's it out, sanctify your servants, sanctify your pastors, all the secretistic nature in the church, may they be completely washed away, completely
1: Yes, Lord. The power of the blood that you have given us, there's nothing in this world that can cut it off. So purify your church, sanctify your church, sanctify your servants. That through this conference that they would be wet clean.
0: That
1: they would be more pure and more pure for you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, may the power of your blood be proclaimed at this time and sprinkled upon this place, that we will be sanctified and purified by the blood of Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen.
2: Let us pray one more time. We believe in the power of the blood. We receive the power of the blood. That, Lord, at this time, may that power of that blood overflow in us. That, Lord, and we repent because we receive that power of the blood. We, receive, we repent of all our tendency to look to strength, of all our tendency to look to other things. And at this time, may that repentance take over us. Let us pray all together.
1: Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace.
2: Lord, what could cut us off from your love? And those
1: who, what can we compare that love to? But those who receive that love know that they can only live by that love alone. And So, Lord, and yet, Lord, the world has interloped into us. And we have allowed that world to adulterate us. And But through this conference, Lord, grant us the grace that all of those adulterations would be filtered out, would be purified out, and that we would be able to serve you alone and love you alone, that we would once again understand that the road to life is through holiness and holiness alone. And so, Lord, may all of Zoe ministry once again open their eyes to the glory of this gospel. And once again once again
2: Lord turn for they have, they have endured for these past 20 years they have struggled with me 20 years and so Lord now bless them bless them that they would be once again renewed renewed and blessed that the authority and dominion of the kings would once again Church of God, that the enemy has been disarmed, and so you shall declare victory over the enemy once again. Arise!
1: thank you. Lord, we thank you. Amen. 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 Good night. Good night.